Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of October, and you found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today, I'm going to answer some of your questions, and we're going to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is a Trojan horse in our school system. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. My name is Heidi St. John, and after serving Washington families for the past 17 years, I am running for Congress to put a proven conservative voice in the House of Representatives to represent the people of Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. If you've had enough of liberals who disguise themselves as conservatives, I need your help. Together, we can tell both the rhinos and opportunistic out-of-state candidates we want our voice back. To join me in my fight for Congress, please visit HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So I want to thank you guys for uh, listening today, as always. I love it when you leave reviews for the show over at iTunes and uh, for my books, anywhere the books are sold. If you guys want to find out more about this ministry or joining what uh, we have been doing for many years with women in studying the Bible, you can go to momstronginternational.com. Right now, we're at the very beginning of a study in the book of 1 Timothy. Next month, we'll be talking about 2 Timothy Uh, But this really is an awesome opportunity for you to get engaged in the word, to learn uh, what God says, because God is not silent on the issues that we are facing in the country right now. And uh, he never has been. Turns out God is a pretty good judge of the human heart. And uh, he saw this coming. The Lord's not up in heaven. I really don't think he is up in heaven you know, scratching his head going, man, I I messed up. You know, who are these people that are supposed to be uh, stewarding the gospel message in these crazy times on the earth? No, the Lord knew it. Uh, Your kids have been born for this battle, born for this fight, and you were born for it too. It's the reason I wrote Becoming Momstrong. It's the reason uh, that I picked up uh, the the charge and I'm running for the United States House of Representatives in Washington state, largely because I sense the call of God on my life Uh, to say, don't ask them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And so I threw my name out there and uh, I'm running to represent the good people of Washington State's third congressional district. And I'm hoping that my run inspires you to look around to see what where where is your voice needed. Uh, there are people that God calls onto the front lines, and then there are the people that supply them with the things that they need, uh, the tools that they need, and the ammunition, I guess, if you will, for for the fight that's happening right now. And these are very very perilous times for the country. And so, a couple of things that are coming up uh, really really quickly. First of all, starting tonight. Wednesday, October 6th, starting tonight, my friend Rick Green is going to be here with me. And uh, at at the time of this recording, I didn't have a total confirmation, but I'm fairly certain of another very special guest who you guys will love and recognize will be here as well. And so that is tonight, Wednesday, October 6th at the tent on the property at Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. I'm going to encourage you guys, bring your children bring your neighbors, bring your grandparents, bring your friends, and let's talk about the Constitution and the constitutionality of where we are in a, as the nation right now, and how do we begin to move the country 
out back into the safe harbor of our constitutional republic and into the safe arms of liberty and away from the constitutional takeover that is happening right now up on Capitol Hill, these Marxists and socialists and communists who want to upend the country and remake it into the image of Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and many other people like him. Uh, One of the things that we see happening, and this happens over and over again, is that the language has been stolen. This is the cultural Marxism piece that I've been talking about for a long time. Uh, You guys know that my friend Sam Sorbo wrote an awesome book called Words for Warriors, in which she sort of unpacks the, 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 the terminology that's really been used to hijack a nation. And so when you're not sure if you can say, you know, what pronouns you have to use, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If you can't if you can't say with confidence that there are two genders, male and female, and we know this from the word of God, I made them male and female in my image. For this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother, be united to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. Turns out the creator knows a few things about human biology. But these are not the only terms that the left has been uh, using to confuse and and really catapult the culture into chaos. The left has a gift for developing unobjectionable and catchy phrases to tell what really are nothing more than tired and failed ideas. Uh, the tired and failed idea of socialism, of communism, of Marxism. Uh, by the way, these people were murderers. Uh, let's not forget that. Uh, but while when the reality of their ideas is made plain, people shun them. And so rather than make them plain, they disguise them and they use terms that we don't understand and words that uh, they try to shame people if they don't understand the words. So the left really is good at camouflaging their ideology in order to make it attractive. And one of the things that I want to touch on really quickly today uh, before I jump into your question is this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. You guys are going to see this all over the internet. Look on your school's website, search for the words diversity, equity, inclusion, and I promise you they will be there. This is a perfect example of the phenomenon of the left picking up words and going, hey, I know, let's say uh, diversity, let's say you know, equity, let's say inclusion. It sounds really good, uh, but it isn't. I'm going to read to you a little bit today from a booklet that I hope you guys will order. And you can find it at teapartypatriots.org. That's teapartypatriots.org. It's called United We Stand for Content of Character and Against Critical Race Theory. They've got an awesome play-by-play description and definition of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm going to read it to you a little bit today uh, because I don't want to misrepresent what they're saying, but I've, I've cited this for a long time. I think this is probably one of the best definitions that I have ever heard, starting with critical race theory. So they, that's where they really are starting this. They said CRT is based on century-old Marxist ideas that have a long track record of producing nothing but turmoil, death, division, and civil strife. Were the origins of these theories and their all but assured disastrous consequences honestly discussed, the American people would reject them. In order to survive, therefore, the left built a Trojan horse called diversity, equity, and inclusion to infiltrate America's institutions and undermine them from within. Simply put, DEI is the sugary coating on the outside of the poison pill that is critical race theory. So a lot of this information comes from something called the diversity delusion uh, and uh, the related podcast, Understanding Diversity 
equity, and inclusion. So the first thing to do when it comes to DEI is to learn what the words mean as defined by critical race theory, because they do not mean what you think they mean. And that's what I've been telling parents for a long time. When you hear someone say diversity, they don't mean what you mean. When you hear the left talk about critical and race and critical race theory, they don't mean what you think they mean. And so they confuse you in that way. And it's through this confusion about the meaning that critical theorists are able to prey on unsuspecting people and exploit the urge to treat others right that uh, to treat others right that most people possess. So here you go. So here are the definitions. And this is important. So when you start, when, you know, when your school comes to you and says, oh, it's just, you know, this is good. We're going to train our staff in diversity and equity and inclusion. Run for your life. Here's what they mean. Diversity, the traditional definition of diversity and the one that the that vast majority of Americans believe is meant when the human resources departments and school and everything, that when they call for more diversity is the presence or consideration of different ideas, beliefs, political viewpoints, philosophies, and solutions to problems. While you may also think that it would include different cultures, races, and genders, they're not the only qualities that matter when you talk about diversity in the traditional sense of the word. This is not what diversity means in the context of critical race theory. Uh, Diversity in critical context means only having more diverse representation of different, quote, lived experiences of oppression. That's the key word. So they're only interested in diverse experiences of oppression. So that's a pretty small window of diversity. So this means having people with different ethnic backgrounds and the same grievance-oriented approach to thinking about those backgrounds and aggressive and highly sensitive identity politicking style regarding them. We think diversity means people with diverse backgrounds, but critical race theory twists this definition into a very specific interpretation. Specifically, in critical social justice, diversity means something like, quote, people with diverse ethnic origins who all have the same woke political understanding of social positions. They inhabit the world in which they have context. The programs for diversity insist that those people, not merely people from different backgrounds, have to be hired to achieve, quote, diversity. The critical system of thought maintains that everyone else lacks authentic Uh, authentic viewpoints and thus fails to support the right kind of diversity. So remember, you know, critical race theory defines diversity as only people from groups categorized by critical theory as marginalized or oppressed. And so what they do is they, they move you, you're either a victim or you're an oppressor. You got to fall into one of those two groups. And this is why critical race theory is so dangerous. It's literally taking us back to the Stone Age. Uh, Martin Luther King is rolling in his grave. Remember, he had a dream. He dreamed of a day when his kids wouldn't be known uh, by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And this is definitely taking us backwards. Therefore, If someone is from one of the oppressed groups but opposes critical race theory, he or she does not meet the definition of diversity. So if you're a black man or a black woman and you oppose critical race theory, they're going to put your opinion into the trash heap of history because you you no longer meet their definition of diversity. When it comes to equity, and this is important, and this is what we see playing out in our public schools right now, the first thing you need to understand is equity is not equality. 
right? So we believe in equality, right? So equality means that we all have equal access to things. Equity is trying to ensure an equal outcome. So critical race theorists deliberately use a word that sounds like equality, knowing that most Americans wholeheartedly agree, as do I, with the idea of equality. So since they're not really talking about equality, what does equity mean? Well, equity is short for social equity theory. And rather than equal opportunity, equity's goal is the equality of outcomes, not opportunity. So remember, you go back to what I said a moment ago, equality is about equal opportunity. We believe that everyone should have uh, equal access. Equity is about equal outcomes. So there is no way to achieve equal outcomes without the use of force because human beings possess different talents, interests, and abilities, and people who want to pursue their own dreams and goals. The sociological literature describes the meaning of equality as citizens A and B are equal. Equity, on the other hand, is adjusting shares so that citizen A and B are made equal. And that's the difference. People making people equal by adjusting shares to enforce an equality of outcome by any means necessary. And we've talked about this many times on the show. You know, several years ago, I did a show on Marxism. I called it Marxism at the door of America. It's not at the door anymore, you guys. It's absolutely here. And uh, Marxism really being a more violent form of socialism. And we need to watch out for this stuff. So I want you guys to be very, very careful when you hear the terms diversity, equity, inclusion. Really quickly, I'm just going to talk to you about inclusion. Uh, Just like the word diversity, the word inclusion has a common traditional meaning that most people use. Americans think of inclusion as including, welcoming, or hospitable. Like diversity, inclusion in critical context has a completely different meaning. But critical race theorists and DEI consultants want you to think that bringing inclusion to your institution or group simply means making it more welcome and hospitable. So how does CRT define inclusion? Well, listen to this. In the DEI program, an inclusive environment is one that cannot create feelings of exclusion or marginalization for any protected classes or their, quote, uh, or their, quote, authentic voices. So that means occlusion, inclusion means limiting speech to agree with theory up to and including physically excluding dissenters, disagreement, and even anyone who represents a, quote, dominant identity group, even by adjacency or complicity. And so truth is does not need to be relevant for these kinds of complaints. So uh, does that remind you guys of anything? So what is behind cancel culture? This is what it is. The term inclusion. So if you don't meet their very, very uh, narrow definition of inclusive or inclusivity, they're going to cancel you. They're going to physically exclude dissenters. This is from their their uh, their handbook. Physically exclude dissenters, disagreement, and even anyone who represents dominant identity groups, even by adjacency or complicity. This is Marxism. And remember, Marxism is an idea. Marxism always leaves the implementation of the ideas of Marxism, which is communism. This is absolutely being taught in our schools. And I keep telling parents, I am declaring a state of emergency over what is happening in our schools. The schools are ground zero for the hostile takeover of this nation. Pull your children out of public school. Pull them out. I don't understand why we're leaving our kids in these schools. And, you know, parents will say to me, well, I just didn't, you know, I felt like I didn't have any options. Really? 
you know, I'm, I'm really tired of soft stepping this uh, topic with parents because like I've said a hundred times at the podcast in the last 17 months, if you knew that there was a virus that had an even 5% mortality rate, we've all learned that you'll pull your kids out. But the brainwashing and the adoption of critical race theory and critical theory and critical social justice into our schools should be alarming every true patriot in this nation, everyone who loves freedom. And the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded on are what has given us our freedom. Christians champion freedom. No, we may disagree with each other, but we champion freedom. I may disagree with what you have to say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. These people are interested in, in, uh, in discluding anyone who dissents from their Marxist ideology. And that should be very, very troubling. So the words, a diversity, equity, inclusion, they are nothing more than a Trojan horse from critical race theory. And I'm telling you right now, uh, a lot of you are like, oh, critical race theory is, is not in my school. Yes, it is. It is in your school. And uh, for parents to tell me that it isn't just shows to me how completely out of touch and completely ignorant many of the parents still are. And at this point, you really have to uh, put your head in the sand in order to believe that that's not the case. So in this book, the TeaPartyPatriots.org book, which I told you a moment ago is called United We Stand for Content of Character and Against, Against Critical Race Theory. One of the things I really like about this is they're going to uh, explain how you can fight against this, what you can do to fight this in your schools, what you can do to fight it in your um, in your neighborhoods and in your communities. And they're going to give you specific options to engage with your school. They say, write to your child's school and demand that they provide you with all the materials being used in their curriculum. Consider petitioning your state legislative body to pass laws requiring curriculum transparency. It's never been more important than it is right now. Uh, I learned this when I was trying to find out about comprehensive sex education. And boy, uh, the district did everything they could to make it difficult to see this, uh, to see this, this uh, sex education program. And that should tell you something. They say, if your child's school insists on teaching CRT, consider legally opting your child out of those lessons. If your child's school is teaching CRT, demand that they present students with alternative research. So these are all really good ideas if you want to keep your kid in the school. I say you do all of these things and you yank your kid out of the schools because the schools do not speak English. They speak money. I've said this time and time again. I'm going to keep saying it. I think our kids are worth more than keeping them in the school district. All right. I'm going to answer a couple of your questions in the last couple of minutes that we have left. Rebecca from Alaska, uh, who I think we talked about this before, but there was some confusion. So I'm going, to, I'm going to answer her question again. She said, my district is preparing to roll out a vaccine incentive program that would give fully vaccinated employees a $500 bonus. So in other words, we're bribing people to take the jab. They are refusing to give employees who cannot get the vaccine due to medical or religious exemptions an opportunity for a bonus. Is this legal or ethical? Based on my understanding of the Civil Rights Act and the ADA, which is the Americans with Disability Act, it is not. So, uh, Rebecca, you're absolutely right. This isn't uh, ethical. Right now, unfortunately, under many of these emergency provisions that these criminal legislators have given to governments and to governors, in many places, it is legal. I do believe that we are going to see more and more of these, uh, you know, ridiculous types of 
measures, these bonuses and, hey, you know, if you get the if you get the the vax and we will give you, you know, Krispy Kreme for a year because that's good for you. Or if you'll get this, um, even if it violates your conscience here, let you know, let me encourage you to violate your conscience by giving you a five hundred dollar bribery check. Uh, This is wrong. And I think in the years to come, we're going to find that it will not hold up in the courts as long as we can maintain uh, liberty here in the United States. And that's what my my run for Congress is about. This is about liberty and uh, the loss of liberty. And this is painful. And I believe, as you heard my friend Rick Green say yesterday, I think it's going to get even more painful in the days to come unless we stand. And I hope for those of you who are in my area, you'll come out tonight uh, to the tent on the property of Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. Uh, You're going to want to be there no later than 6.30. And we are going to encourage, equip, educate, empower you. We're going to talk honestly about what's happening in the culture right now and give you real solutions and just and just beg you to engage in this process uh, because we are definitely being overrun right now. All right, I'm going to end on a very, very lighthearted question. Uh, there aren't very many lighthearted questions that come into me at the podcast right now, I have to admit. And I almost didn't answer this except for my staff was like, answer the question because it comes in all the time. Um, so this is Kathy from Kansas. And for all the rest of you who asked me this question, we picked Kathy's Uh, I don't know why. (laughs) Hi, Heidi. Amidst the heavy topics of the day, I have a more lighthearted question. I remember a podcast last fall where you mentioned that you use collagen in your skincare routine. I thought you said you'd do a post or a podcast, and I'm wondering if you ever did. I'm nearing 40, and I'm noticing my skin can use attention. All right, so I'm going to end on this. Uh, It's so funny. You know, I don't think about this stuff very much anymore, uh, largely because I've, I've like the world's on fire, right? So I never am thinking about, you know, my skincare or talking about lighthearted things on the show. I probably should. Uh, maybe we need to get back to talking about recipes and stuff. So Kathy, really quickly, I'll link back to the, in the show notes today. So I am 51 years old and about 15 years ago, I started getting pretty serious about my skincare. My favorite thing to use on my face is from a company called Derma E. It's called Derma E Advanced Peptides and Collagen Moisturizer. Uh, this stuff is fantastic. People ask me, you know, all the time about my skincare regimen. Uh, the skincare regimen I use is from Young Living, and I will link back to that in the show notes today. But the collagen and the peptide moisturizer can be found just about anywhere. Um, I typically get mine and subscribe and save on Amazon. So uh, you guys need to check that out if you're interested. The last question that came in was a similar question I get all the time. Please tell me what you use for eyeshadow. And I use the same thing all the time. It's a little uh, palette from Smashbox called minimalist. All right. You know, what's funny about this. Uh, the men never get asked these kinds of questions, <laughs> but the, but the women are all like, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, and, um, that's what's going on. So I will link back most, all the rest of my skincare products. Uh, almost all of them come from young living. And, uh, I think you guys, if you're interested, just check out the show notes today. And if you're not just keep right on walking, I hope you guys have a great day. And I, I hope to see a whole bunch of you tonight at church on the rock in battleground, Washington at the tent that's on their property. You cannot miss it. You're going to notice a huge, big old tent. And we're going to be in there educating you guys about the constitution. Come out and meet Rick green, get your picture taken with him. He's going to encourage you and enlighten you. And we are going to help you get off the bench and onto the battlefield in defense of liberty. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you tonight at Church on the Rock and here tomorrow at the podcast at the intersection of faith and culture. 
For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.